Welcome to the next podcast from Milliner Info. I'm your host, Lauren Ritchie, and I'm so pleased to welcome you to today's episode. Thank you for joining me for the Milliner Info podcast series. It's where we welcome milliners from around the globe into your ears and studio. In this episode, we get to speak to Penelope Gervais, who's a milliner based in Sydney. You may have heard many of our guests mention Penelope, as she's also a wonderful teacher at some of the Sydney tapes. Thank you to our wonderful podcast sponsors for their support of the series. Haplocks Australia, Louise McDonald Milliner, House of Adorn, The Hat Magazine, Hannah's Millinery Supplies, Lifted Millinery, The Unique Millinery, Judith M Millinery Supply House, Hats Play Leco, Hat Academy, and Millinery Australia. You can find a link to each of these businesses I just mentioned. You can find that in your show notes, that's on your podcast app that you're listening, or on our website. I hope you've been enjoying this podcast series. It's an absolute delight to bring it to you. I hope you found some of our conversations inspiring. If you have been loving these, I'd love to invite you to become a patron of Millinery Info as a way of supporting this series. There are three tiers and the first one is as little as $5 a month. It means that we can keep producing this amazing content and bringing it to your ears. Thank you so much to those who have already subscribed and we look forward to welcoming many more. You might have also seen that Millinery Info has released a series of digital downloads. You can also find these through Patreon, so head across to check them out. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Penelope. Thank you so much, Penelope, for joining me today on this podcast. It's fantastic to have you as part of the series. We've heard your name mentioned by some fantastic milliners already on the series, and I thought, it is long overdue to have the woman on herself. So thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, Lauren. I'm, I'm actually overwhelmed to be here and being interviewed. Um, I listen to most of them. I have I've got not much spare time to watch things, but I listen to listen to them all the time. So it's lovely, lovely to be here. Thank you. And so I, the question we always start with, and no different here, is how did you first become involved in millinery? Well, um, I first became involved in millinery. Um, it's, it's sort of a way back, really. Uh, I started in my family business, and uh, it's we've always been in manufacturing and designing. Uh, so we had our own children's wear label and um, made school uniforms for Australia wide and designed them as well. But when I had my fifth child and I went on maternity leave. It was a little bit hard to still be involved. I wanted to do something that was creative and designing. So I started making millinery just at home. And it was always for family and friends, for weddings and um, weddings, races, all different sorts of events. So that's sort of really how it started. Um, And I always loved a good hat, always wore hats. So it was just sort of a natural progression really to do that. Fantastic. And when you were picking that up, had you taken any classes or learning from books? I wasn't. I was those skills? books mainly. Um, I had hats on heads. That was my sort of my go-to that I would get out like a Bible and do things. It was never a glue gun. I hated glue guns. They're very dangerous things. Um, it was people or, with five little ones running around the house too. <laughs> oh, yeah. There was a couple at school at that stage, so it wasn't too bad. But <laughs> So, yeah, so I had plenty of time. They were, they were all... Um, actually, there were like four of them were at school, so I only had the little one really. So it was, it was very peaceful at home. 
I get into the zone and then I'd be go, oh, it's school time. We're going to pick up kids from school. And what materials did you start with? Uh, cinema. Cinema was like was the you know the easiest one at the time to get hold of. Um, you had to stiffen it yourself. So, and feathers. I love feathers even back then. And this image of the cinema is this, and that material has changed and progressed since you started using that. About what yes. time would have you first been introduced to the material? Oh, it would have been around the year 2000, so not that long ago in the scheme of things, but you would still get some that you had to stiffen it, like stiffen it yourself, um, which everyone knows is not the most easiest thing. It can be a bit challenging sometimes to get, get it to work right. Um, and with having no one there to tell me, it was a little bit, little bit difficult but I would always work my way through and problem solve um so yeah that was that was the start really I, I um, went back to I went to study millinery um a good few years later and I started with the cert two that yes. was at Wollongong TAFE and I had the most amazing teacher her name was Jerry and she still inspires me now to this day just her way of teaching she was just just a beautiful teacher and always got the best out of her students um, and then I had to come to Ultimo to do the highest certificates because they weren't offered in Wollongong. And unfortunately, I think it was the year after they, um, in Wollongong, they actually stopped millinery altogether, so, which, was, which was a bit of a shame. But I think fashion completely went from Wollongong by 2011 or something. So they, yes. you had to go up to Ultimo if you wanted to do anything that was fashion-inspired. Fashion and when you first started, were, did you have a lot of blocks? What was your first block in your collection? Um, yeah, we had, um, I think it was, I think they were called SA Brown back then that had yes. us taken over. And they came down and got a hotel, set a hotel room up in, in Wollongong and we all got to um, go there. So I think I bought one of their blocks was my very first block. Um, and then we had a wood turner guy in Wollongong who would make like interconnecting blocks, which was really good. Yes. Change tips out and, and different things. And um, so that was my first block, um, first blocks. But now, I mean, my husband keeps saying stop buying blocks. But I think I'm up to, I've only, I'm very small compared to some milliners. I know, I think I've got about 130 blocks now. Um, but I'm running Still out of quite a number. Yeah, my husband says, no more. <laughs> like, if I sell one, can I buy one? <laughs> or buy in one out system? <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so that was sort of my first foray into millinery and studying. So, yes. And when you were at um, Ultimo, what which certificates did you do? Three and four, then? Uh, yes. Yeah. What were some of the projects you got to be involved with? Um, um, in the training. In the training, um, yeah, we did a fair bit of training, um, but it was always because it wasn't so much focusing on design, which I think they've they've tried to change a lot now it was more yes. about the making and and the process of making which we all need we all need fundamentals yes. and then it's sort of the design came afterwards but where um i would love to make so where we only had to make one of a certain type of headpiece i would try and make three or four so um so, and same with when i did cert two i think that that first year when i did cert two i i think just for class i think i made like 40 hats or something I just kept making, yeah, I just kept making and making and, and everyone was going, are we supposed to be doing this? I'm going, no, I just, this is just what I enjoy. This is what I do. So. Just 
loved it so much. But I always still say, like, you, you learn someone teaches you something or shows you something. Unless you do it twice, it doesn't actually sink in anyway. You've got to you've got to do it more more than once. Well, I do anyway. I have to do it more than once to actually to stay in my memory. So. Yes. Oh, well, that, and the skills that you build over two hats versus doing something a third or a fourth yes. time yeah, can completely yeah. change your approach to yeah. it. And by then yeah. you've figuring out the, the yeah. tricks. Yeah, you've mastered it by then. Yeah. 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 Oh, how fantastic. And from there, were you making hats for clients or when yes, did you yeah, your business? Had, no, a client, uh, clients, I had a client base that I would and it still do. Um, I make for those because I don't really have a great deal of time um, to do that anymore. Although um, I, where I live in Newtown, it was an uh, old shop, uh, a corner shop, a terrace, and it's been passed again now to be a, a shop again. And I hopefully next year I'm going to open a bit of a millinery gallery in there and not just have my head headpieces but other milliners as well just so they and students and next students so um they've got a bit of a you know somewhere that they can sell from if they they would like to oh, how exciting yes it is quite exciting so have you had a shop front before? no i no i have never had a shop front before so this this will be interesting and um been been as it's in my own building like the rent's not going to be a killer to to keep it going so so it should be good. It's a great spot. It's um, it's not on the main street in Newtown. Um, it's on, but you can see it from the main street. So it's not too far away. And we've got the most amazing cafe across the road that got a right up in the Sydney Morning Herald. And it's the busiest corner you can ever. You, it's just ridiculous. You can't even on. You can't even get near the the street. You've got to go onto the, the road um, of, of a weekend. <laughs> it's just. Oh my so gosh. Hopefully, a really good spot for it. Yeah, oh, amazing. Um, so, in terms of your making before, have you had a studio space? I've got my own studio. Yeah, yeah, I've have because um, within that terrace, it used to be a two-story terrace, and we've turned it into three stories. So, I've got a full attic space now, and it's a beautiful light-filled room um, where I have all my materials and my blocks and all my equipment up there. So. Um, there's no door because it just goes straight downstairs, but it's I can just walk down and walk away from the mess and not have to worry about it. So where before, like when you were in the kitchen or do it like a room and that was your room, you'd always have to tidy before you, you know, put everything back together again before you could go down and cook dinner or whatever you were doing. So, so it's great to have that workspace. Fantastic. And how long have you had that, oh, I say, separate workspace for that's changed uh, your work? Probably about four years now, not not only long but long enough that it's I you know I'm running out of space already <laughs> she's ready to expand before I'm ready to expand. <laughs> just need some kids to leave home you can slowly just take over bedrooms throughout yes, the house yep, yep definitely <laughs> and when you're making what style of hats how would you describe your aesthetic of what you make oh well, that's a hard question actually um Oh, look, they're all varied, really. Um, I just love design process, no matter what it is, really, because it's because um, I went when my ninth child went to school. I decided that um, I wanted to go and study, I, so I went back to the design center in Enmore where I teach, and I did three years of interior design. 
where they focus on design like more than what millinery did so I got the grounding for because design principles are the same no matter what you put it to whether it's you know whether it's fashion interiors graphics or making hats it's the same um, principle so it sort of helped me have a very varied style. I wouldn't say I have any particular style. I just normally people would will bring me the dress that they're wearing and I would make whatever I felt that you know, suited that dress the best and the person looking at the person that was going to wear it. So, so yeah, I don't really have a, an aesthetic, I don't, I don't think. <laughs> No, I know this isn't a hat-related question, but you just mentioned nine little humans in your life. Just for those listening along, how many kids are there? I only I stopped at nine. I stopped no at nine. Okay, one. I stopped at nine, <laughs> um, but only three at three are at home now, so I'm not an empty nester yet. But soon, my youngest is sixteen, so maybe a few more years. <laughs> so I'll have an extra bedroom, another bedroom, another bedroom. Well, that's incredible to to hear. Well, first off, you know. Nine is quite 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 an amazing family, but to hear that the training you've managed to fit in for yourself and to have to be able to make the space for yourself to be able to create is yeah, a sensational I, achievement. I think probably having that that many children helps you be be organised. So you sort of have a lot of you make a lot of time because you just you know, and I like to keep busy as well. Absolutely, and. An interior a d- design course. Did you have you gone on to use some of those? Yes, yeah, those yeah other skills? That, that helped a lot because, like everyone knows, with millinery, it is a bit more seasonal than you know other industries. So it it was really helpful um, in the low points of millinery to have something to fall back on. So, and that's been that's been great. I've like I've taken on a project for over the the summer holiday, like the summer break with TAFE. And she's a great client, so hopefully it it, um, goes well. (laughs) But same again, I just can't stop. Like, even though we have a shutdown at TAFE, I still feel like I I have to be busy. So, And there's never enough hours in the day. Absolutely not. So when your clients come to you, do you have a range of hats which they choose from or do you design something original for each person? Something original for each person. Are you a sketcher? How does that process I do. Work? Look, I'm not a great sketcher. I can sketch that implies an idea um, because I couldn't draw at all until I did interior design and um, they taught, They said basically everyone can learn to draw and they were right. After a year I could draw reasonably well and draw perspective drawings and everything. So I can do, yes, I, can, I don't do it enough, but I can do a quick sketch to, to imply an idea. And that, that's and really doing interiors has helped me get my job here at the Design Centre anymore because I can focus on design and making and it's it sort of goes hand in hand here, which is really good. When did you join the design school? Because you're at Altamont, is that right? No, I'm at Enmore, so I'm at the Design Centre. Yeah, that's okay. Um, we're a um, small campus. We're not like Altamont. that's huge. Um, and we only have design. We have graphic design. We have jewellery design, interior design. And our section, which is entertainment design and illustration, so it's sort of a bigger umbrella um, yes. of what we teach in, in my section. Uh, and I've been here seven years, so I started the, um, doing short courses seven years ago, and they left it totally to me. And they said, you know, you teach what you want. So I was able to develop these courses 
um, in my own way, which I, I'd loved doing, the fact that I had that freedom to do that. And now then I, I would I'd actually have to sit down one day and count how many students we've actually had through because it's been hundreds now that have um, done our short courses for our millinery short courses. So I feel they've been really successful and I, I really think it's helped with a bit of a resurgence with millinery in New South Wales, which is really good. People wearing hats, people making, wanting to make hats. So, so I feel like I've had a little, little bit of a, you know, um, help there in a, a little bit of a way. So certainly have and that's like I mentioned we've had some fantastic milliners who have learned from you through those yes, courses yep, I have I have amazing students so they're, they're I they're just all they're wonderful they're they're very talented and um, very attentive to learn and they're yeah, just amazing students and the fact that some have gone on to win um really good awards is just uh you know it's a testament to them but I hope it's a little bit of a testament to me that I've, I've pushed them in the right direction. I think so. I think so because they certainly do credit you for, you know, it's your passion for making and teaching comes yes. through when they speak. I'm, I'm very passionate skills. about it, I must admit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've done a great, the, the, the skills that you set them up with. So could you just a little bit more like what, what are some of the short courses you've run over the years and are there ones that have kept reoccurring or do you keep cycling through new skills i keep cycling through new ones just to keep it interesting for me <laughs> i don't want to get bored with what i teach selfishly obviously that's all right <laughs> yes so so our next course is we've got our millinery fundamentals one that's been sort of going and that's people that have got no skills it's just to give them a little bit of a taster um but next year we've got our um city wearable art headwear courses starting again which is really exciting so we had that um, take place at the end of November, three three amazing nights at the iconic Enmore Theatre, uh, based just Sydney, like Sydney Wearable Art. It's this, our inaugural first year. And we had 130 entrants, which was just incredible. And I think we had about 38 just in the headwear section alone. So, which, and it looked absolutely incredible on stage. It, they, it was, they had a theme to work to, so it had to be black and white uh, with the touch of metallic. And it just looked incredible on stage. And Kim Johnson, who's also a member of the Millinery Association, uh, she's a student member, she won the, 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 headwear, the Headworks category, which was amazing. So with, with an amazing headpiece, I might add too. How did that project come about? Was there already wearable art happening in Sydney? Or? No, nothing. There was no wearable art in Sydney. We've, so there's the Australian wearable art that takes place in um, the Sunshine Coast, I think it is, but nothing that as big as that. I think they have 40. They have it down to 40. They go through a process of cullings, which we had to as well. So we had, we had more than 130, um, but we did, you know, we kept it to 130 just to manage them all at the Enmore Theatre, which is... Um, you know, it's a big task. Uh, we've always had our annual show at Enmore, um, Enmore TAFE, um, and that's always been students, where this year we wanted to try something new. So it's not just open to students of TAFE, um, it's open to everybody. So at the moment it is, uh, this year it was only New South Wales because we had some hiccups with how, you know, how it would all work. But hopefully next, um, next year it will be open Australia-wide, so... But it's a, yeah, it's just mind-blowing. The feedback that we had from the audience, I think people were just like, oh, okay, we'll go to this show, don't know what it's about. But 
they were entertained for an hour and 10 minutes because it's quite quite a quick show um and like i was just backstage i haven't even got to see it yet so i can't wait to watch the video we just see from like get like go like on the on the, you know, the side of the so yeah, yeah, I can't. I can't. That's the first thing I'm going to do when um, I go on holidays next week is going to watch the video of the show. <laughs> so the last night was our yes, definitely. Um, the last night was our gala night, and we had three um, the industry experts. So we had Rick McGill was one of the, the, the judges, um, Kerry Snow, and uh, Renee Rivers, who's a great costume maker. Um, because it's it's not really costume, it is wearable art. It's sort of a mix between, you know, art and costume, what you can wear on the body. Um, and they we had um, a great act. Uh, Trevor Ashley was our main host. And on the last night, uh, Murray Cook, the Red Wiggle, was um, he was the, the go-between host between the judges. So it was a very, very entertaining night. But we, the, like I said, the feedback from everyone that went and saw it was just, it made it all worth all the hard work that we've all put into it this year. That's so exciting. Congratulations on what sounds like an amazing first year. So we'll have to keep yes. our eyes out for year yeah. two. Yes, yeah, definitely. Bigger and better. <laughs> maybe, not you, bigger. maybe not bigger. That sounds like you've got a lot to manage already. <laughs> and have you been creating a lot of wearable art yourself and your own making yeah look my my headpieces do air a little bit on a little bit theatrical I guess um but yeah I, I'm not allowed to enter unfortunately <laughs> so I suppose that's yeah but no I, I have I I have been making a bit more um over the it's it's actually inspired me to make a little bit more than just for the sake of making and what have you been exploring you're making wire wire work yeah yeah i love to like i've always said to my students like once you've once you've mastered wire then you maybe can call yourself a milliner because i feel that it was something that was never taught in the certificates because it like especially when i did it it wasn't really people it was you know the the wire around the brim and that was about it really there was no one doing anything really big with wire and now there's so many techniques and, and things with millinery wire that you can do and all the different gauges that you can that you can you know or double up your wire and that sort of stuff so yeah I, I i i myself have been experimenting more with wire it's very exciting i was speaking to someone uh british millinery the other day and we were talking about wire as a as a a main material in exactly that same way of like many you know when you first introduced a wire it's a support it's the bit that goes in a brim for example that gives the brim shape and the brim is the feature versus and that's a very traditional approach any kind of more mm -hmm. modern millinery is just saying the wire actually becomes the main material yeah it and does structure it as yeah. well yeah yeah so it's changed a lot over the you know at least, at least the last 10 years anyway and how have you found the consistency of the wire? Do you finding it's varying and changing? Very varying, very varying. I I had one that I would always go was my go to one, and I ordered another big roll of it. Not that I don't know, maybe okay, I actually ordered three rolls, but um, about six months ago, and it's not the same. So it's like, you know, you get. So I'm going to have to try some different ones and just 
you know, I had my old stash and I'm, I think I'm nearly at the end of um, uh, Harold's up in Queensland. Yes. Like all his beautiful 16 gauge wire. And I've got just, I've got maybe enough to do one headpiece left and I'm like saving it just for the right, because it was just the most amazing wire. Had you been, so for those who haven't maybe heard of Harold, Harold was um, at Mimi Millinery in Queensland in Australia. And maybe you know, if you can describe the treasure trove that was treasure, Yeah, it certainly was a treasure trove of, of uh, the materials that he had. And and it would be so funny because you'd ring him up and you'd ask, I'd say, you know, I need a, a felt in this colour or whatever. And he'd say, oh, I'll send you what I've got that I think is okay. And he'd send you down like 10. And you'd go, oh, and you'd pick the one and, and finally you'd say like, you know, I, but you'd end up keeping them all, and I think it was a tactic because <laughs> you couldn't be bothered to send them back what you didn't want because you hadn't paid for it yet. You'd say, I'll oh, send back what you don't want when you're like, oh. when you're done. And you're like, because he, um, Mimi Millinery, they used to produce on quite a large scale, and then the yeah. materials that he had kind of yeah, after production of closed, yeah. the volume yeah. of it was like containers full that we would yes. buy, you know, as Milliner's small stock of, but. Yeah. You had some incredible materials that we just yes, did. Yeah. weren't necessarily available at all our other suppliers. No, no, no. I mean, some of it was a bit past its use by date, I think, and some of it probably wasn't stored the best. But, but yeah, amazing, amazing treasure, treasure trove of, of, of materials. And what other materials have you have you been exploring? What are your go-tos? Um... I mean, I, I love working with leather and, um, I, you know, I don't, like I said, I really don't have a go-to. I just love to experiment with everything. So the only thing that really I, I'll make them when I have to, I, a good, it's hard to find a good paracycle straw, in, in my opinion. Like some of the, if you can get an old one and then reuse it is, to me, is better because it just, I feel the quality quality over the last few years has not been as good as or not as consistently as good as what it it had been but um yeah that's one thing I, I don't avoid it but I it's not my like felt I love to block felts it is is my favorite thing to do I love when it's starting to get although it's not really ever quite cold when you start doing your winter range but it's um I just love a day of just blocking felts what a muscle involved in that and as yes, well. there is. <laughs> all the stretching and pulling and so do you put together a collection each season I haven't for the last three years so it's just yeah I, I make for just making um but I, so there's a fair bit of stock that I can even once I, the shop gets open I can actually just put in just because they're there just sitting and looking at me um but yeah it I I haven't for about three years now so with your millinery teaching um what are some of the skills or the the tips that you think are important for the students to take away? Ah, oh, to be a problem solver. I feel that you need to be in in any form of design. You need to know how to, to solve a problem because we we'll all come to a point where there'll this and especially like with the wearable art pieces, they're so different and varied in the designs, and they'll design something from a sketch and. And just like, okay, how are we going to do this? So there's a lot of toing and froing, and how is this going to work? Um, so yeah, I like you, 
you can give as much encouragement and share your knowledge and skills, but ultimately it's about sitting with the student and problem solving how to go about the best way for the best result. So that's what I think a good teacher should should always drill into their students. You, you've got to be a problem solver because if you can't be a designer if you're not a problem solver. Such words of wisdom. <laughs> been some career highlights in your millinery or otherwise careers because you're quite a skilled lady yes yeah look having because we had five children's wear shops our own brand and that was that was um in that was through the 90s and early 2000s that was um a career highlight having the shops my millinery highlight i would have to say is winning the patrons pick award in 2020 for the cocktail um like to have that voted by um Stephen Jones was just I suppose my main um millinery highlight but ultimately my my highlight is actually seeing my students do so well that that is my that's why I still this is that's why I do this I just love to see them do do well so that would be my main highlight Oh, I don't know that there's anything else more I can ask based on that. That was just, I want to come join you in a millinery class now. <laughs> I, wish, I wish you would. Honestly. Okay, well, I'm, next time I'm going to come up been, and join you and I've got to do a little Sydney tour, I think. <laughs> I have, I'd like to say I've been so lucky, but, I mean, I hope it's something that I've done. I have had the most amazing students throughout my seven years here. It just, it blows my mind how how amazing they all are and they all it's I put up because we've got a, a little Facebook um page that we all put up on things but yeah I feel like I've all these people have had a connection now that they you know these are lifelong connection they've made with people that they wouldn't have met otherwise and it just yeah it just blows my mind that they and you know we all some of them managed to come and have lunch on Sunday and, um, yeah, it was just wonderful to see see them all together. That's so fantastic. Well, we'll all have to keep an eye out for next year's verbal art. And yes. Yep. send a piece, work on something fabulous to send to Sydney. But yes, it's yep. been so lovely to chat hats with you, Penny, and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Millinery Info. It was wonderful to welcome Penelope to the podcast. Thank you to our amazing podcast sponsors. Hat Academy, Millinery Australia, Hatter's Millinery Supplies, House of Adorn, Judith M. Millinery Supply House, Hats by Leco, Be Unique Millinery, Lifted Millinery, Louise McDonald Milliner, The Hat Magazine, and Hatbox Australia. If you're hosting an event that's coming up, or maybe you'd like to hear your small business mentioned there as well, head across to our Patreon page to find out how to sign up to become a podcast sponsor for Millinery Info. If you have any questions about becoming a podcast sponsor, I'd love to hear from you and help you out with that process. It's wonderful to have spoken hats with you again this month. I'm your host, Lauren Ritchie, and I look forward to bringing you another episode of the podcast series soon.